There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hmm. Someone's moved all my jingles. Who moved my... Did you... Have you been on my iPad? Did you move my jingles? I don't want to throw a diva strop. That's not my style, but you move my jingle. Oh, God. Hello there. Welcome to the podcast. The new look, bright and breezy, easy does it, uh, now with added aspartame. Um, this is uh, the new look podcast. It's, it's only happening today, this week. But, my God, do I have a show for you? Uh, kind, kind of. Uh, scrabble around. Uh, we're going to be controversial for coins later on. Um, I see that um, the strap on the YouTube channel has uh, updated that for me already, uh, without my asking it to. Um, it's going to be a little ropey, I'm not going to lie to you, um, as I try to configure all of this. Coming up, we've got uh, John Holmes, Paul Dunphy off of Larry and Paul, and Nat Tapley, among others. Um, but first of all, well, it's my delight. Where's the jingle? Where's his jingle? Nobody knows. Where's the jingle? Mate, I can't. I can't find a jingle. Um, I'm sorry. Sing the jingle. Oh, no. No no one wants that. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Where's the goddamn jingle? Um, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) It's uh, it's the one and only uh, Mick Wright, uh, whose voice you've come to know and love, um, and who I'll let you see on YouTube now. There he is. Sing the jingle. (laughs) Sing the goddamn jingle. I can't remember how it goes. Um, okay, right. I, I mean, I can find it. It's just, I mean, I'm going re- 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 to require yeah. you to make the '90s hard house version now in penance. Oh God! Uh, oh please, no God! <laughs> um, yeah, because I regret asking you to do klezmer music, thinking I was being mean, and you're like, "I love klezmer, brilliant." Oh, there we go. The papers pump out their streams of hate. The fifth column's propaganda they will propagate. But who can penetrate the ramparts of the fourth estate? Mick Wright, a.k.a. Broken Bottle Boy. Mick Wright, a.k.a. Broken Bottle Boy. Hey! Well, that yes. was slick AF. Um, good morning to you. How's good it morning, going? Good morning. How's the, uh, you know, the running? Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. This cool, running cool. joke is, I mean, when when will we put a bullet in the head of this, the running joke? Um, running joke. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of imagining. Uh, Never. At some point you saying, why don't you come over and see me? Uh, you know, in North, and it will end at 2 a.m. with me crying, digging my own shallow grave in the middle of a turnip field somewhere. Oh, and good, say, good, 
Good. Glad you're in a in an upbeat and optimistic mood this place. morning. I'm in a really good place. Really ready to experience me dragging you down by oh, yeah. talking about the British media. It's my dream, um, and it's come true. Yeah. So, uh, columnists, we it was, it was the valedictorian column from Thingamy Hadley. Yeah, it's Hadley Freeman. Hadley yeah. Freeman, because they, I, I, this is one of my, fa- I, 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 you know, whenever I say it's one of my favorite things, I actually mean it's one of the worst things in the world, but, yeah. which I talk about a lot. But uh, so the, the, as of next, as of next week, yes, uh, the Guardian on Saturday is glomming together the, the review, the guide, and the weekend magazine into one single magazine. Which, uh, thanks to the creativity of many branding consultants, they're going to call. Saturday, uh, oh. and in that mag, and and because of this, what I love is readers get told this is great, this is great. What we're doing is we're making it much better for you by getting rid of three supplements you like uh, to make this one mega supplement. Yeah. But really, it's just cost saving. Yes, it's cost saving. Fewer people will get to write for it. Fewer freelancers will get money out of them, and uh, the ever diminishing pool of writers who have to write everything in the Guardian will have to write these things. I'm sure we'll get more Adrian Childs since. Uh, you know, he he is um, the boyfriend of the editor, which is a helpful way to get work in a national newspaper these he days. He moves about. I thought he was going out with Catherine Tate. Is that all finished? I'm very no. He's going out with Kath Viner, who is the editor of the Guardian. Does they uh, have to be called Catherine? Is that his yeah, sort of? I, I feel that's his thing. He's it's a, just he's can't a be bothered to learn a new name. He's a Catherineophile. <laughs> um, Anyway, so because yeah. of that, yeah. um, Hadley Freeman, it, it also became time for Hadley Freeman to write her final column after 20 odd years oh, of writing uh, opinion columns in one way or another for The Guardian. Gotcha. And in writing that, she writes, she sort of repeated many, many of the myths of British uh, column writing, particularly uh, the one about how uh, columns represent a, uh, a spectrum of opinion. Which is uh, which that's, is great myth. That's and well, I mean, you mm, you know, it's quite a quite a diverse, isn't it? Pool of uh... Uh, yeah. I, okay, here's a quick quiz for you. Can you name any uh, national newspaper columnists with a regular national newspaper column who are black? In the Can... 80, in the eighties, in the Mirror. Victor Lewis Smith had a column and he had dreadlocks. <laughs> I wonder where that was going. Nicely uh, refrained. I haven't got my uh, my swear tone yet, so don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And the other, and the other part, so, and then there's a part of it where she talks about, there's a Vice documentary from um, 2016 where there's a section of it where Jeremy Corbyn is complaining about, a co- complaining to um, Seamus Milne, uh, formerly of The Guardian, uh, about a column that Jonathan Friedland wrote about him. And she writes that he rages in this clip. Now, you could go on YouTube and see this clip. Now, there are many things you can say about Jeremy Corbyn, and the British media has pretty much said all of them. Mm -hmm. But one thing, he's not really, he doesn't really do his rage. If you've ever seen him, he he sort of goes from irritated to peevish. That's sort of his, that's sort of his kind of spectrum of annoyance. Um, (laughs) So he's certainly not raging in it. It's not like him turning into the Red Hulk and sending homemade preserves flying. Uh, But it's interesting (laughs) because, because basically what she's saying is, I'm uh, watching this uh, clip from this. Um, Should we hear the clip? I can document. Yes, clip. sure. Go for it. Here is the clip. I think. A whole lot of it, you know. Uh, he's not in a good way at all. Um, but he's kind of. He seems kind of obsessed with me, you know. 
Whoa! So the sounds there of a raging man, of a man right, out mate. of control. Yeah. Uh, but she uses that to say, "Well, look, this is um, representative of how you, you as a columnist, are not allowed to say what you like these days. You have to, you know, you'll be criticised and dragged down." But really, what this is, and it's regularly put out there by columnists, usually under the rubric of uh, writing about free speeches. In the even back in 2000, when Hadley Freeman started writing uh, columns for The Guardian, it was a lot harder for readers or anyone to say what you're saying is rubbish. You know, they could say it maybe in a comment section or whatever, but social media wasn't as large as it is yeah. now. Uh, but you know, 2005, Facebook starts, 2008, nine, Twitter starts, and suddenly, you know, it's a lot harder to just sort of say whatever you like and expect no comeback from it. And really, what they're complaining about most of the time is oh, I, I really don't like people disagreeing with me. It should mm. be made illegal for people to at me on yeah. Twitter. I'm not basically. enjoying this whole accountability paradigm. Yeah, God, this is awful, you know. Yeah. And it's the same thing, like, you read many, many, many columns, for instance, like, the the, the, the debate around um, trans issues, women's rights, is very complicated, right? But you need many columns by white, Oxford-educated people talking about trans Thank people. You. There are no trans columnists. Uh, regular or infrequent in the British press, but, but yet we're told that there is this uh, rabid uh, uh, trans uh, like pressure group type thing. And, and it's true, there are some uh, people on, online who are pretty fervent of their beliefs, but there's no, they, no one has a national newspaper uh, platform. But meanwhile, people who do have national newspaper platforms say, oh, these people are silencing me. And it's the continual thing of saying, uh, we're being silenced, but also that newspaper columns in any way represent uh, a breadth of opinion. There are there are very few uh, writers for national newspapers who aren't white. There are very few national newspaper writers who are under the age of 50, uh, you know. Mm. So it, 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 there is not a plurality of views. A little bit and of it, a chip on the shoulder there, Mick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm desperate for it. I've got my own column that I do myself, <laughs> and I can write what I like, and it's good. Self-colonizing. Um, mm. But um, that's the thing. And and the other thing I think is interesting, and, and I wrote about I wrote about on, on um, Sunday, is that a writer can move from The Guardian to The Daily Telegraph, or conversely, from The Daily Mail or Daily Telegraph to The New Statesman. In, it's so easily, right? One right. day they're one place and one day they're the next. And you can say, okay, well, that shows that they're flexible. But I think it shows that there's a, a you know, a hom homogenous quality to the British media because hmm. it shouldn't po be possible to one day be writing for the, you know, centre-right to far-right spectator and then the next week go, I'm now working for the apparently left-wing new statesman. Hmm. It, I mean, it, even best-case scenario, what does that say about you? As a person. Yeah, in terms of your beliefs, yeah. yeah, in terms of what you actually, you know, I could see people going on a journey. Like, you know, um, there is um, Janet Daly who writes for The Telegraph. In the 60s, she wrote for the radical, radical left-wing newspapers and she was a Trotskyist, right? As was Peter Hitchens, right? Yeah. And you could say, okay, well, they've gone on a very long journey from being barking in one way to barking in another way. Um, <laughs> but to do it like one day, leave on, fr on Friday, be be writing for the Daily Mail and then on Monday go and be a Guardian columnist. It, do, it just shows that there is no 
um, breadth of opinion. And, and actually, when you look at um, my friend, uh, Dawn Foster, who passed away uh, not that long ago, she wrote a column for The Guardian in which she criticized Tom Watson. And uh, Tom Watson basically phoned The Guardian up. And pretty shortly afterwards, Dawn was out of a job at The Guardian. So there is a narrow line of acceptable opinions for newspaper columnists to write they act like they're that doesn't exist they like well you know nobody tells me what to write they don't need to tell you because you know Mm. you know you know like if you write for the times you are not going to say something that will irritate rupert murdoch you will not and people say oh yeah but rupert murdoch he doesn't um he's not my boss you know john witherow the editor of the times is my boss yeah but rupert murdoch is his boss Right. Yes. And generally you, you, it does cascade down, I think. Yeah. And 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 it's like this like this notion that Murdoch doesn't get involved with the papers anymore. He does when he feels like it, you know. If they do so right. like why would a why does a rich man buy a newspaper? He doesn't buy it for for um philanthropic reasons. It's like um uh Jeff Bezos yeah. buying uh, the Washington Post. People say, "Well, no, he did it to save that." No, he didn't. It's to do with it's to do with um uh, diversifying the power you have. Right. So, you know, that's the issue. And I, but anyway, I, yeah. I, I go into this in much more detail in the column, but yeah. it, it bothers me greatly the notion that um, columnists think themselves mavericks, but they are in a playpen. They can <laughs> bash the toys against the edge of the playpen, yeah. but if they try and climb out of the playpen, uh, daddy's going to come and drop them back in there again. Yeah. In this analogy, daddy being Rupert Murdoch, please don't have nightmares. And you make the great point about how everybody quite chummily rubs shoulders at the press association dinners or whatever. Yeah, and in green rooms and at literary sure. festivals and at dinner parties. And then I've written several times in the past about the notion of the British media being sort of like, well, any media sort of being like professional wrestling in that you'll see them debating each other on television and seeming, you know, to, to hold very contrary views. But it is a kind of uh, performative, arg- you know, arguing. And then they don't really... You know, they could easily switch and hold the other view tomorrow if that was what was required. Totally. Um, now, someone, though, with who I I would say has maintained a deep consistency <laughs> from his early 20s uh, onwards, I would argue, is Michael Gove. Ah, yes. Mr. Michael Gove. Um, Mr. Michael Gove, um, who was just being John John Burko there. Uh, anyway, Carol, <laughs> everyone does a Burko, don't they? It's like yeah. uh, it's like the new Kermit the Frog or Frank Spencer. Yeah, the only way to do Burko is you have to say Mr. Peter Bone, and then it's a lot easier to do. Mr. Mr. Peter, Peter Bone. Bone. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So yeah. um, I can't not do it. Sorry. Uh, he's you... listeners send in your Burko with that. With well, that you know, I asked everyone to do their chicken sounds because I feel like yeah. everyone secretly thinks they can do a good chicken impression and. Yeah. No, no one did. That's fine. No. I don't care. Um, wh- Michael Gove. Michael Gove. What's going on with Michael Gove? Because I, I didn't read your thing this so, morning. I was so Mike, Michael Gove has been... Are you aware what his department has now been renamed? Um, well, I remember someone did a column that I think you quoted where they did this very laboured thing about the mihi bihi ho hi po ho ho Yeah, I didn't, I didn't so, quote that. It but, was um, so bad. I didn't quote that part of that column, but I did quote right. that column. Yeah, so he's now um, he is now uh, the the Secretary of State for the Department for Leveling Up, 
comma, housing and communities, uh, which, as I've said in, in, in the newsletter today, sounds like an insult combined with a sneeze, if you uh, abbreviate it, <laughs> Dufluk. Um, so uh, Minister of State for Dufluk, Michael Gove, who uh, five days ago, um, uh, audio of him um, in his early 20s and mid-20s, in fact, uh, making homophobic, racist remarks, uh, sexually harassing the then president of the Cambridge Union on microphone. She's now a fellow Tory MP. That came out, uh, was in the headlines for about a day. And then the following day, he was uh, promoted to this new super department. Mm. So, um, yes. Leveling up, but not for, not for northerners, right? Yes, exactly. He this is he had said that um, during he he talked about Margaret Thatcher's policies producing a new empire in which the happy South stamped over the cruel, dirty, toothless face of the Northerner, Amazing. and that was uh, that was in uh, nineteen ninety three. So uh, wow, yeah, yes, I'd say uh, different times, but it's course well, it's, it's important. It's yeah. important to remember he was young then, and we should forgive him for that. But if uh, Exactly. It, it, but but you cannot apply that argument to Shamima Begum, who was uh, well, groomed that's as a very di- That's very, very, di- very, very different. Di- wow. Different. Wow. Imagine. What Oxford College did she go to? Well, then. Yes. So uh, the college today, the, the, the column today is basically about how he's covered in the press. And and what we get generally is with, with he's talked about as a sort of a cross between Francis Urca and... Um, and Superman, uh, like this incredible uh, uh, political operator who stabbed Boris Johnson in the back. Well, he didn't do a very good job, did he? Because he's because still Boris Johnson is still sh- <laughs> shambling around and is now, in fact, prime minister. And uh, Michael Gove is like his little yapping dog. Um, I but quite that's... like the idea if they if they really went like really gangster and started kind of limping around in tracksuits. Oh, it'd be amazing, but I, 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 but there's a few, there's a few things here. One of the reasons that Gove has to be talked about like this is Gove's a former journalist, so journalists love the idea that they may have transferable skills and that they could go from a uh, mediocre mid-tier columnist (laughs) to become a mediocre mid-tier minister, putting (laughs) their wild policies into into action. The other thing is uh, political journalists who essentially just gossip columnists with uglier people to write about um, want to. (laughs) who need to sort of make it more exciting. So they make everything sound like it's a Mario Puzo novel, you know, all knives in the back and horses head in the bed. But actually they're talking about very deeply boring transactional people. So when you look at Boris Johnson and say, well, why why is he not um, still angry with Michael Gove? Well, Boris Johnson is essentially like, if you took a Russian, he's like a Russian doll and you keep going. And then in the middle, there is just this echoing vacuum in which... um, you just hear the sound of a small boy demanding to be world king. So to to, to, to Boris Johnson, he just thinks, oh, yeah, uh, Michael did that once. And uh, I, I'm now punishing him by making him responsible for all the ludicrous things I promised that we can do that won't happen. And this leveling up agenda, which you hear the media talk about constantly as if it actually means anything. It's up there with red. What, how will it play in the red wall? Uh, what is the other one that I was talking about before as well? Um uh, oh, build back better. It, you, and oh, you always yeah. have to say, build back better for whom? Uh, uh, similarly, uh, oh, the people's people's priorities, they say. What people and what priorities? These questions I don't hear the media ask very often, maybe Channel 4 News now and then. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are with this. It's Michael Gove once again. He was called the Swiss Army Knife, the Swiss Army Knife of Ministers, which... Um, I don't mind as an analogy if we agree it means 
Um, he's a tool who does n- never does anything more than a half-assed job, should be stuck in a drawer, and would be best put to work removing stones from horses' hooves. If that's what they mean, then I then I You're fully okay endorse that. that analogy. Amazing. Uh, Mick, everyone should go and subscribe to your newsletter. It's brokenbottleboy.substack.com. One of the few addresses I can actually remember. What I can never remember is the Instagram account of the Vegan Life magazine podcast. Has, has the address for my newsletter has become like the phone number for um, for Television Centre. Yes. I want to everyone can remember. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, in case you want to phone up five star and abuse them on a phone. In. Yeah. Well, you could. Yeah. <laughs> Direct your five star invective towards Mick. I'm sure he'd enjoy it. Um, you're at Broken Bottle Boy on Twitter and you'll be live on Twitch at one. I'll be live on Twitch at one. I've been up since 4.30, so I'm going to have to have a nap before Absolutely that or I will amazing. be completely unhinged. It's going to be perfect. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Mick, thank you as ever. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see, see you next week. Goodbye. Okay, bye. You can WhatsApp, check yeah, on 07862, 032654. Yes, you can, uh, because, uh, well, it's time for uh, Britain Awake. Uh, I'm very excited about it this week. Uh, we sort of slightly tweaked the, the format a, a little bit. Uh, we're all too acutely aware here of cancel culture, yeah? And how a certain demographic you can't even say anymore isn't being given any meaningful platform in the media, provided you discount Piers Morgan, Rod Little, everyone on Talk Radio and GB News and in the Murdoch Press and quite a lot of LBC and BBC and that. So we've opened this humble platform uh, up for some sensible, cool-headed debate where every opinion is heard and respected, except for all them new ones that we don't like. Um, You can uh, take part in this. 07862 032654. If you want to leave us, actually, a video message is ideal. Um, You can do that on WhatsApp, right? You know how to do that. Of course you do. Like you do to your family, you know, with a funny dog. Uh, Do do that with a funny dog. We got a funny dog video, but I don't don't have time uh, to do that this week. I'm going to hold that over to next week. But thanks to uh, Alex, I think, who sent that in. Uh, Because this week we're talking about, can you even say it? Christmas. There, I've said it. I'll probably get shut down for that. Uh, Christmas. Um, Tragic news that, you know, we could be in trouble uh, with Christmas um, because there's a shortage of CO2, which means we can't gas the turkeys with this pseudo, you know, joke of having to do it humanely. What's wrong with just snapping their necks? We do it to the ones that don't grow big enough. Um... So uh, not enough CO2. Uh, and so I was asking what what constitutes a classic uh, British Christmas to you? Uh, what do you need? What's a Christmas dinner, you know, without a turkey and stuff? Time to be controversial for coins. First of all, though, uh, I want to hear from some of the Billy Bunders, some of you. I want to hear from you. Uh, what do you have to say about all of that? Uh, and as you can see, this isn't quite working because uh, I've got the wrong window up. That's Nat Tapley, who'll be here in a minute. Uh, but first of all, uh, let's hear from you, the people, your thoughts on Christmas dinner. 
This is Karen from Bromley. I'll tell you about Christmas dinners. I am fiercely, fiercely proud of my Christmas dinner. Yeah. We wait till after this Queen's speech. Yes. And then I'll tell you what we have. I'm in Turkey. I don't even like the country. I don't care about the bird. Right. We have a pheasant, a British pheasant. Thank you. Stuffed with a British pigeon. Thank which you. has been stuffed with a British grey squirrel. Right. Stuffed with a native Kent parakeet. Lovely. Stuffed inside that is a robin, a British robin, which in turn has been stuffed with a British stag beetle. <coughs> that Heston Blumenthal. Uh, do this is Britain awake. Uh, so I'd like to give a big congratulations to Boris and the Conservative government for bringing back the pluralistic measurements. Yes. Uh, all part of our Brexit freedoms, innit? Thank um, you. Yeah, first we had the blue passports. Then we had uh, the pint written on the pint glasses with the crayons. I know what I'm drinking again, finally. Could have been anything up until now. Gallons, litres. Oh, I'm not a rocket scientist. It could have. It could have. Get the pants and answers back. Um, not in any way away to uh, secretly hide uh, price hikes on goods and services in some way. Um, no, nah, no, nah, Boris wouldn't do that. He's looking out for us. All part of rebuilding the empire. So, you know, first um, first is that. Now we'll we'll start invading countries again and taking back what was ours. So uh, we're the Indians, the Africans and the Americas. So I'll see you in the world wars that are to come. Uh, cheers, Boris. Yeah, well done, son. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Um, to all of you who got in touch for the free content. That has allowed us to save ourselves uh, a few pence, uh, which we can now use to pay uh, otherwise cancelled individuals uh, to be controversial for coins. Uh, Let's start off uh, with some top punditry from Nat in Surrey. Jake, I must say, I'm a little upset at having to talk to you about the idea of a traditional British Christmas because you, of all people, should know that there is no such thing. Christmas right. is a European import brought to us by the likes of Thank Monsieur you. Barnier, Jacques Chirac and St Melitus right. sent to convert the Britons by Pope Gregory. There is no such thing as a traditional British Christmas. Traditionally, we yeah. have Yule. That's our tradition. That's the British tradition. Right. It was taken away from Thank us. No you. longer can we celebrate Yule. We now have to celebrate the fact that some Middle Eastern deity That's impregnated it. some underage child, forced Thank her to give you. birth in an unsanitary shed and then murdered all of the toddlers and babies in Bethlehem. Absolutely and then, then, now, then after that, we have to worship some Judeo-Palestinian nomad who wants us to share everything. Does that sound like a British holiday to you, Jake? Does no, it? No, it does not. No, it does not. Thank you very much. It's all about family and friends. It wasn't all about family and friends, traditionally. No. It was an opportunity once every nine years to sacrifice all of the male slaves. We don't get to do that anymore. The loony left councils no. have seen to that. It's coming back. Don't get a mate. permit for it. Yeah. We used to sacrifice fattened bulls whose cries would waken the goddess Freya. Wow. And now we have dry turkey and breaded Iceland prawn rings. <laughs> Speak for yourself. No, Jake. We used to have Yule and Pookie who came in the night to kill the evil children and steal them away. And now we get Father Christmas who brings presents. Unbelievable. He's got a belly that rumbles like a bowl full of jelly, not a belt rattling with the femurs of the unfit. Thank you. Oh, Jake, you can keep your traditional British Christmas and shove it up your ass. Bye. Thank you. Here's I think Paul. as a nation, one thing we've been lacking over recent years... It's Paul in Leeds. ...is inclusion of the Queen, Her Majesty. Thank you. Finally. God bless her in Christmas Day. So, traditional British Christmas for me... Yeah. Wake up. Quick singing the National Anthem. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Majesty, for allowing us to live another day. 
a royal breakfast. Kedgeri. Lovely. Uh, other royal foods. Yeah. Quick pop to mass. Mm-hmm. Church. Now there's Catholic rubbish. Thank Church you. Church of England. Thank you very Pray much. Praise the English God. Yes. Proper one. Then maybe after mass. A quick tipple, you know, like a... Yeah. I've heard a Majesty very fond of a Dubonnet and tonic. It's a bit foreign, mate. Well, one of those. Mm. Another little singer of the national anthem. Thank you. Then Christmas lunch. Yeah. A crown of turkey. All right? Royal. Correct. Respectful. Thank you. Uh, none of this vegan rubbish. Yeah. Turkey. Too right, mate. And also, not halal. All right? Okay. This is Britain. Yeah. They must be executed in the British manner. Hmm. The turkeys must be dispatched through firing squad. <laughs> firing. We must maintain tradition. Christmas lunch. Yeah. Done. Another yeah. little scene of the national anthem. Quite right. For dessert. Yeah. Christmas pudding. Yeah. Shaped into the face of the Queen Mother. That would be my dream. Bring tradition back. Another little scene of the National Anthem. Yeah. Watch the Queen's speech, which should be written into law. Yeah. At gunpoint, if necessary. Respectful minute. Yeah. Silence afterwards. Yeah. Then you sit around the table and discuss it as a family. What's on Her Majesty's mind? What's bothering her? I wonder what is bothering her. Then watch a Bond film. Thank you. Can't even say that. Not the national anthem. You know who's James Bond? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. my thing. Yeah. Just bring the Queen back yeah. into the fold because well she's been out of it mate. too long well when it comes said. to Christmas. Thank you very much. Just the Queen, mind, not the whole royal family. Mm-hmm. Not Andrew. Yeah, maybe, maybe swear that. Not him. Okay. But the Queen. Yeah. Traditional British Christmas. God bless her. Can't even say that. Can't even so, say the Queen. So this year is going to be it. <laughs> I want to say it. Merry Christmas. God save the Queen. Queen. And Merry Christmas Merry, to you. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, mate. It's here from John in Kent. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ah, the traditional British Christmas. Now, you'd expect me, wouldn't you? You'd expect me... Uh... You'd expect me to say, uh, well, I don't want any of uh, that dirty foreign muck yeah, coming I would, over mate. here. That yes, I would. The tradition of Christmas is yes, German would. or something, is it? Yeah. But no, we British invented it. We invented Germany first and foremost. Yes, right? we, so without well us, said, they mate. probably wouldn't even have invented Chris, did they invent Christmas? I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway, does don't it? Matter. Anyway, t- don't matter, mate. Turkey, you'd think I'd want turkey, wouldn't you? Because it's a it's a traditional yes, it white meat. But no, I say this. I yeah. say, no, don't want turkey. I don't right. want any dirty foreign Turkish turkey coming over here right. anymore. Right, we've had enough of it. Right, Brexit means Brexit. And that means yeah. we cut off ties with Turkey. Right, Turkish delight? I don't think so. Turkish bag of gobbling s***. <laughs> more like, isn't it? A big foreign bird. Well said, mate. It's meat. Finally. Right, so no, here's what, here's what I suggest. And this is going to kill two birds, not literal birds. I'm over turkeys. Okay. Kill two metaphorical birds with one stone, right? Yeah. What we need yeah. for a traditional British Christmas yeah. now yeah. is eating immigrants. Okay? One, keeps the numbers down. Two, yeah, it's a brown coin. meat, isn't it? So oh that God. way, you can't say I'm racist. No. Because I'm happily eating brown meat oh that's God. brown, not white like a turkey. Yeah. So you lot there who say that... You know, this is racist. It's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. It couldn't be further from the truth, right? And it, oh, furthermore, right, immigrants, hang them from oh, the God. tree. Oh, Not God. kill them. I mean, just like decoration. So we, we decorate, <laughs> perhaps dress one as an elf or something. Um, you know, the immigrant on the shelf. And then hang them from the tree, alive. Yeah. I mean, if one dies, that's that's just, oh, you know, collateral oh, damage. But if, if, if we basically use them as... As, what I'm saying is, let's have a traditional colonial Christmas. That's what right. we should do. Thank I'm you. dreaming of I'm dreaming of a brown Christmas, and it's immigrants that we're eating on the table um, with an apples apples up their bums, uh, hanging some on the tree. What a what a delight! Maybe throw a couple on the fire. What a lovely lovely warming Christmas for all, right? Mm. I like I said, I don't hang them to death. I'm not a monster. Just yeah, hang them on no. the tree. For decorative purposes. Uh, and when they run out, uh, let's eat vegans. Because as I've said before, I'm going to say it That's again. That's not even controversial. I'm having that. grass-fed. I'm having that. That is what I want to see as a traditional Christmas. And now, now on, is it? I've, yeah. How much How much yeah. am I getting for this? Uh, controversial four, stuff, is four, that? Four, five pound. Four pound eight. Put some coins in them. Yeah. Controversial coins. There you go. Uh, John Holmes there. Never afraid to push an envelope. (laughs) Seemed like a good idea at the time. (sighs) Anyone else gone blind in one eye? Lockheim. Some uh, nice... uh, Reaction coming in on YouTube. Don't forget you can watch this show live. It's youtube.com slash nottodaypod. Jem says, all together now, Jake's getting banned from YouTube. Yeah, probably. Neil says, I love big foreign birds. Anything going south of Nottingham is quite hard. Rick says, oh God, that actually made me laugh. I, I can't even repeat that joke. Oof. 
Jem says, uh, my kids must sing the national anthem, even the verses no one bothers with anymore before they open each and every present. Quite right. Owen says, it's not Christmas if you don't sing the national anthem at least twice. Pablo asks, clothed or unclothed for the Queen's speech? (laughs) Barney says, unclothed in our family. Gentlemen, the Queen. Pablo says, just like God intended, we have to be as naked as the day we was born in front of our elderly sovereign. Uh, We'll do a Twitter poll. Is that not today? We'll ask clothed or unclothed for the Queen's speech. Be good to know. Well, thank you very much indeed for that. Really, really reached the outer limits of the envelope there. Uh, We'll ask another question next week and you'll be able to respond on 07862032654. Why don't you put that in your phone now and then, uh, you know, you'll be ready next week uh, when you need to be. Uh, We were asking last week um, about songs that were out of tune. And uh, we've we've had some 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 nice input from you. Uh, Jane, she's emailed. It's not today at swanburst.com. Uh, she's two words: Spice Girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you need me to be more specific, says Jane. Here's three more: Posh Spice, horrendous. Uh, I yeah, I mean yeah, I've heard worse. You know, I have heard worse. Um, Martin. He's heard worse. Uh, He says, hi, Jake. I'm excited to trawl the memory banks for out-of-tune songs, a favourite genre of mine, and maybe also Cousin Davey. Uh, He says, here's one to be going on with. Uh, It's a version of Spinning Wheel by Mel and Dave. Enjoy, sort of. To be fair, that's coming off a record player. It's a little bit of wow and flutter there. Not an awful lot of wow. Uh, Martin's got two more for us, though. Uh, He says, uh, here's some more tune-averse music. What the hell is wrong with the Rolling Stones here? Oh, okay. That I know I must be right It's the singer, not the song I think that's probably fair. It's uh, that was definitely the singer. Uh, yeah, and you know the guitars could do with the bass in tune when they bought it, wasn't it? Um, and then Martin says, "This has been bugging me all day. I've literally racked my brains. Oh God, don't do that uh, to try and remember this. What song or who it was by? I even tried Shazam, but it couldn't help." Uh, late this evening, I reckoned it was James Brown track and playing some YouTube playlists eventually led me to this singularly awful bass line to The Boss. Um, let's have a listen. We'll have a listen to some of this. This is like the middle eight I chose. It's probably... Feels like the batteries are going, doesn't it? Remember when the batteries are going on your Walkman? I remember uh, I had one of my favourite albums was uh, Humans Lib by Howard Jones, and uh, but it would always kill the battery in my Walkman. I think it was released on Chrome cassette. 
That's all just a bit dreary, isn't it? It's just slightly depressing kind of timbre to it. Now I can sleep, uh, says Martin. Well, good for you. We can't. Not without screaming. Uh, and there's a great email from Pat uh, who says, Hi, guys. Well, to be honest, I'm not certain this is 100% accurate, but I kind of hope it is. Oh, I like a nice apocryphal story. When David Lee Roth, spandex-sporting hair care specialist and excellent showman who fronted Van Halen in its earlier lineup, was in the studio recording a solo album... Oh, they're always very good, aren't they? Um, he employed a small orchestra for the full Hollywood big band sound for one track. The jaded and rather aloof classical players looked at the rock singer with something less than high regard. They were dismissive of a petulant, generally making the process of laying down the track... They were dismissive and petulant, uh, generally making the process of laying down the track awkward and not much fun. But Mr. Roth, Mr. Lee Roth, is a pretty smart fella and thought of a brilliant way of uncturing, puncturing their bubble of starchy ego. The assembled string section started up and after a bar, of two, bar or two, David acted all distressed and told them to stop and try again. And so off they went once again. After half a minute, he said, No, one of you guys is out of tune. I'm not recording substandard music. I don't care who you are. Start again so we can get this fixed. They started again. And Diamond Dave pointed at first violin and barked, It's you! You're flat on the top string! Can't you hear it? The violinist checked and sure enough, he was out of tune. The violinist returned and a good take was recorded. Job done and Mr. Roth had gained due respect. Unbeknownst to them, at lunchtime... Dave Lee Roth snuck into the studio and detuned the top string of that instrument a tiny bit himself. Genius. Okay, a bit underhand, says Pat, but hey, it worked. If he'd not pulled this stunt, the session would have taken far longer and would have cost him thousands in fees and studio time. Moral of the story? Well, don't underestimate your fellow artists, even if you know nothing about them. And secondly, remember to check your bloody tuning. Are you listening, cloth-eared guitar players on YouTube? <laughs> Sorry, Bridge. Too far to hope for. Uh, anyway, bravo, Dave. Well played. Uh, thanks very much indeed for that, Pat. I love that story. I think it's unlikely a violinist at that level would tune his, his violin and, and then go and have lunch and then come back and pick it up. You know what I mean? And think, oh, yeah, that, that, that'll be fine. But, you know, it's, it's fun to believe. Um, <clears throat> and we've got a little bit of any other business. As you know, I dare say, uh, we're starting a new podcast. Me and Dave are properly spinning off uh, your cousin Davey. Uh, we're going to make this new podcast called Oh, the Old Freaks. Oh, the Old Freaks. Doesn't really work. It's fine. Uh, we're just going to go with it because, you know, it's all sorted out now. Um, Hannah says, Dear Jake and cousin Davey, after hearing the exciting announcement of a new podcast, my first thought was, how will the listeners self-identify? Of course, the Yapostles. I mean, that's just a not today, thank you thing, isn't it? The Yaparat chicks. Um, so if it's called audio freaks, as in frequencies, doesn't work. Uh, what are we going to go for? Hannah's got three suggestions. The frequentlies. Uh, a bit too much like a question about our bowel movements. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Free Cats. Bit too much like a 1960s girl group. Or the Frequenters. Frequenters bit too much like we lurk around dogging sites. I mean, are any of those so wide from the mark, Hannah? Anyway, I'm sure we'll sort something out, says Hannah. Hashtag our word, not yours. <laughs> Take care and stay safe, Hannah. Thanks very much indeed, Hannah. Um, and thanks to all of you for your contributions. Thanks so much uh, to uh, Pablo and Julie for their uh, WhatsApps. Uh, and thanks to uh, my other contributors, uh, Nat Tapley. Uh, he's at Nat on Twitter. Paul Dunphy. I think he's at Mr. Paul Dunphy OBE on Twitter and at John Holmes one um, for effectively sh- shutting all of this down. There's absolutely no way I think we can hope to come back from this. OK, weirdly, I mean, genuinely, someone has messed with all my jingles and now I can't find uh, I can't find I can't find my closer. <laughs> It feels a bit pathetic to ask you to just wait here while I try to find the jingle just to fire it in. But I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, it's been a great podcast. I've had a great time. I'm going to miss you, uh, you know, across the week. But, um, you know, you've had a pack pack show. What can I tell you? Don't forget, it's not today at swanburst.com if you want to email with anything across the week. Any new story you thought was interesting? Uh, or any controversial for coins uh, things that you'd like discussed. Uh, we are at Not Today Pod on the Twitter. And thanks very much uh, to all the Patreons who support this. It's uh, patreon.com slash nottodaypod if you'd like to support the podcast. There's loads of benefits and stuff. Anyway, have a good week. Bye. This has been a Swanburst Media production.